Howdy, hey, and howdy to all of my hoes. It's Emma Claire, Midwest Emma, and I'm back with another episode of the Spicy Accountant Podcast. I feel like I haven't recorded in a while because I took last week off, but no need to fear. I am back, and I am bringing you some spicy new content. This week, I am talking about the sex behind sex work. And as your favorite sex worker, I feel like it is my duty to discuss the sex behind the industry. I'm going deep down into my journey, my experiences of creating content with other sex workers. And today I'm going to be talking about my experiences with creating guy-girl content. In this new age of porn, amateur and homemade content is thriving. But people do not want garbage, okay? They do not want that dingy, dark, iPhone 4 flashlight, up close POV of a dick going in a pussy. No. People want amateur content that is crisp, clear, and realistic. That's basically what it comes down to. People want high quality content, but they don't want it to be overly produced and like the typical mainstream porn. And as an OnlyFans creator and as a amateur content creator, I feel like I am able to give this content to the world. And has it always been easy? No. Has it always been high quality? No. I feel like in order to talk to you about my experiences as a porn star, I need to rewind and go back to the very beginning. And the beginning started with a custom When I first started OnlyFans, a lot of the videos I would make were for custom orders or custom requests. And my first ever guy-girl scene was a custom video because this guy made me an offer I could not refuse. And so at the time, I had a fuck buddy that I reached out to and I said, hey, by the way, I do OnlyFans. I don't show my face. Would you want to make a video with me and I'll give you 50% of the earnings of this video? And thankfully, at the time, he was not weirded out or shut me down. He agreed to it. So that's when my first ever sex scene was recorded. And was this the best sex scene you've ever seen? No. It was, I don't even know how to describe it, awful. I don't even have a copy of it to this day. Once I had recorded that video, sent it off, I was not um, embarrassed by it. I felt like it was amateur and it was realistic, but going back and watching it months later, I was cringing at the fact that the lighting was awful. There was no game plan. The angles that we used were kind of awkward and not very flattering. And the worst part of it all is that we recorded it on one take. So instead of pausing between each position and getting a nice, decent angle before hitting the record button again, we tried to record it all at once. So I think at one point, like the phone was fumbled around. There was like that scratchy mic sound and... I don't even know how to describe it. It was awful, and I'm so glad I was able to wipe that from my iCloud, and I never have to witness it again. And thankfully, that was just the beginning for me, and I was able to improve. After doing OnlyFans for a little bit longer, I started getting more and more requests for guy-girl content. And it took a lot of scenes for 
myself to get better and also my co-star. My co-star who I film all of my guy girl scenes with has been with me from the very beginning and I am so thankful for him because without his patience and I don't know, just his part in this entire business with me, I would not be where I am today. And I guess I just kind of want to dive into what it's like to learn from the mistakes you make while filming porn and talk about some of the obstacles that nobody ever talks about when explaining the porn industry. So when you're recording your sex scenes, it is new and it is uncharted territory because a lot of times when you're having sex, there's not a camera in one hand and it's awkward. I'm not saying that my fuck buddy and I didn't have sexual tension and sexual chemistry because we did. But when you get into the moment of recording, it is very hard to portray that sexual chemistry, especially when you don't really have any experience performing. And when we would be filming those first few scenes, we would be all tangled up and we would get frustrated with each other and nothing kills the sexy vibe like frustration. Mainstream porn sets have a producer, a cameraman, a sound man, a director, they have extras for assistance, and they have fluffers. But us OnlyFans creators, we don't have any of that. When we are filming, it is 100% us, and we are taking on all of those roles ourselves. And it can be super overwhelming and super easy to get frustrated while filming. And I feel like nobody talks about this frustration because you want it to seem sexy, you want it to seem organic, and you don't wanna talk about the hard sides of it, the awkward sides of it. And so today I'm kinda gonna talk about the good, the bad, the awkward, the ugly. And like I said, thank God I have a co-star who has been really patient and has stuck with me through this entire learning curve of making our own porn. And as time went on, there's something that immediately and drastically improved the sex scene quality, and this was research. And by research, I mean watching a crap load of porn. There is so much going on when you are filming porn. You can't stop and be like, uh, I don't know what angle to do next, or I don't know what position we should do next. You don't have time to be fumbling around. And so doing research and having kind of a game plan of what positions and angles you're going to be doing while filming porn is really important. And so doing research and watching porn was basically the beginning steps of helping me understand how to produce and direct my own porn scenes. Watching and making note of what angles I could and couldn't do in order to remain no face was super crucial because if I want to be no face and film sex scenes, I would just probably do doggy in every position because ta-da, my face is not in it. But this would get super, super boring if I was doing doggy over and over again. And the best way that I was able to gain this research of being a no-face creator was watching other no-face creators. And the research that I did, there were two creators or two couples that really stood out to me. And they are actually crazy famous. Leo and Lulu and No-Face Girl were my absolute favorites to watch and learn from. So if you are a No-Face creator and you don't know anything about the positions or angles, or maybe you're just someone out there who enjoys watching no-face porn, 
run over to Pornhub, run over to their Twitters and check out their spicy links and watch some of their content because it is incredible to watch the creativity that goes behind filming no face porn. And in the beginning, I did not have that creativity. I was actually dumbfounded on how they were coming up with all of these angles and still capturing authentic amateur porn. And so I, a lot of times, would get inspiration from their angles and I was able to make it work in my own scenarios. And this research really allowed me to master the full blowjob scene. And if you've listened to my older podcast, I kind of talk about what it was like to film blowjob scenes while trying to remain anonymous. This was the largest learning curve that I had to overcome. And this research of watching porn was a huge factor in being able to accomplish this feat. Another problem or obstacle I had besides watching a crapload of porn was breathing. And I'm sure you're wondering, Emma, what the fuck? What do you mean breathing? Are you stupid? Well, when you are filming porn, you have to be really aware of your breathing. For instance, if my male performer is holding my iPhone, filming it POV, he's holding the iPhone in one hand while he's clapping my cheeks at 100 miles per hour, his mouth is right next to the mic on my iPhone. Moaning is really hot, but mouth breathing is not. So this is kind of why it's important to be hyper aware of your body. And this distraction of being hyper aware of your body especially when it comes to breathing, kind of leads into something nobody ever talks about. And I'm going to. And this is performance issues. When you're being hyper aware of your body, you often are distracted so much that you may have a little bit of an issue performing. And I kind of want to talk about the male side of things. And thankfully, my male creator, my male partner, my male co-star gave me permission to talk about our experience with erectile dysfunction. I'm not saying that male performers are going to always have performance issues when it comes to maintaining erection, but it can happen on scene. And this does not mean the male that you're creating content with or the male that I create content with has performance issues, but it's a whole new bowl game a whole new ball game when you're filming porn. If you think about it, he is thinking about so much while we're filming. He is thinking about holding the camera steady. He's thinking about holding his breath. And he's thinking about what he is doing with his body, those cinematic strokes that are making the porn look perfect. And when he's performing, his dick might go a little limp. And filming a porn with a half chub is really hard, especially for angles like girl on top, cowgirl in reverse, cowgirl require a rock hard dick. If his dick is only 90% hard, it is extremely difficult to videotape riding it on top because if there's a slight bend in his dick from not being completely full of blood, it throws off the entire scene. And so in order to maintain that 100% erection, you kind of got to do it the old-fashioned way. When my creator and I work together, we do not take any pills. He doesn't pop a Viagra or Blue Chew or any of those ED medications that make you have a rock-hard dick for eight hours. We do it the old-fashioned way. 
And in mainstream porn, they have things or people called fluffers. And these assistants are often used to help a man maintain his erection. But as a amateur creator, we are the fluffers. And so step one is just staying calm. If he is struggling to maintain an erection or it's not 100% hard, it's pretty easy to kind of get thrown off. You might get a little frustrated. You might be like, hey, am I not hot enough? You know, something stupid like that. But don't freak out. Stay calm because if you are panicking, it just adds to the stress and the nervousness of maintaining that erection. And then step two is the actual fluffing. So a lot of times he can fluff himself up or something that works super well for us is if I literally just blow him for like 15 seconds, bam, his dick is back to being rock hard and we're ready to roll. And it's not just my male creator who has to get his body ready to film. I also have to do some foreplay, some preparation before we can begin filming. So even before we start recording, I usually have the lube out, I'm warming up a bit, because in order to take a nine inch dick at 100 miles per hour, you can't go into that cold. You gotta be a little warmed up. And that's just the name of the game, I guess. Being an amateur porn star means being your own fluffer, getting yourself ready to film so that way it is smooth, it is seamless, and number one, not painful for us ladies. One more thing I kind of want to discuss is the money shot, aka the cum shot. So before filming a scene, my male co-star and I often discuss the cum shot because being on the same page for the cum shot is pretty crucial because you don't want to miss filming that shot. But there are a lot of hiccups that can interfere with this game plan. So let's kind of discuss what happens if we're in the middle of filming and an orgasm sneaks up on him. Say, for instance, I'm riding reverse cowgirl and I can't see his face or his body cues. And boom, he's about to come. One thing he could do is yell, hey, Emma, stop. Oh, no, no, no. And push me off of him so that way he doesn't come. But then you run the risk of him stopping the recording, and then me moving, and then he accidentally comes off camera, and it's a huge waste, and the whole scene kind of flops. So instead of doing that crazy shuffle of trying to stop his cum, um, his orgasm, we will just roll with it. So say I am riding him reverse cowgirl, and it's kind of sneaking up on him. Instead of us stopping recording, he will just kind of signal to me by saying, I'm going to come or keep doing it like that or some sort of cue that lets me know that the money shot is coming soon. And has this happened? Yes. Is it frustrating or annoying? A little. I really try to stay easygoing when I'm filming scenes because this really helps maintain a good working relationship with the male creator that I work with. But I will not lie to you and say that if I am planning a titty cum shot and he accidentally gives me a cream pie, I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm not annoyed because I am not OCD, not a perfectionist, but when I have a game plan or I have something in mind and it doesn't happen, I get easily upset. So if he accidentally gives me a cream pie instead of a titty cum shot, I might have a little bit of a second where I'm kind of annoyed, but at the end of the day, the cum shot was recorded. I'm sure it still looks fabulous, and we just roll with it. 
Because if you're working with another creator, you not only need to know each other pretty well, but you need to know how to work with each other well. And the best way that the creator that I work with and me vibe so well is because we are both pretty easygoing and we try to make it go as smooth as possible. And of course, I feel like I need to give you guys the dirty details of what it's like to have a cum shot not go your way. Another time that we had a little bit of a learning curve was with one of our cream pies. I think it was actually one of our first cream pies that we filmed. And we did the whole sex scene, everything was great. And then it came time for us to finish it up and do the cum shot, the money shot, and he came. And usually after he orgasms, especially if it's a cream pie, um, if you're at all familiar with porn, you'll realize the scene doesn't end there. A lot of times we'll keep recording, the film will keep going, and we'll kind of get a shot of the cum dripping out or, you know, something that signifies that it was a cream pie. It adds to the cinematic experience of the porn. And... In the very beginning, we learned that all porn stars are catfishes, okay? In mainstream porn, they kind of make it look like it's super easy to get a big old load up in her and have it drip out and it looks glorious and great and flawless every time. But this is not what it's actually like to film a cream pie. So the very first time we filmed one, he gave me a cream pie, he pulled his dick out, and then we sat there waiting waiting, waiting, no come. And I was like, are you sure you came inside of me? Because there's nothing coming out. And then about 15 minutes later, it finally came out and we didn't catch it on camera and I was annoyed. But this is when we discovered he came too deep inside of me for it to even be visible. So I feel like that was a lot of, I don't know, graphic content. So thank God Spotify allows explicit content because I really just dove right into the dirty details there. But anyways, we learned that when filming cream pies, he has to kind of shoot it in shallow so that way it's able to drip out. You're able to capture all of that cinematic porn star experience. It's the only way I can describe it without being too vulgar. So that's just a little bit about filming. I don't know what else to say because I feel like there's a lot of different experiences people want to know about filming guy-girl content. I think in the last 18 months, I've probably filmed maybe 50 or 60 scenes, and they've all been with the same creator. And people ask me why I work with the same creator or when I'm going to start creating content with other people. And as an anonymous no-face creator, as an OnlyFans creator... I don't plan on creating content with anyone else just because I am so comfortable and it is so easy to film with the person that I film with because we've experienced it all together. We started at the very beginning and we've worked and experienced and kind of grown in getting to know each other and our own bodies so that we work well together. So when we would first go to film our sex scenes, it would sometimes take us what felt like hours to set up the scene, get the angles right. And now I swear we can knock most of our sex scenes out in less than 30 minutes. And for me, time is money and I love being able to boom, 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 get it done, be on our way and be able to reap the rewards of our successes and like just kind of look back at the beginning of our content to the content we've made now. 
I don't know. I don't really know what else to say, but this episode is kind of a tribute to him because where I'm at today would not be without the male creator that I work with. So I guess now I will lead into kind of the Ask Emma questions. And some of the questions that I got on my Instagram story this week have to do with creating with a male creator. So I'll just discuss those ones. One question I got was, what is your favorite sex position to film? And this might seem overly specific, but my favorite position to film is me bent over, usually outdoors around sunset with my hands grabbing my ankles and him filming POV. So it's me bent over, all the way over, the golden sun of the sunset is glistening off of my tan booty and... Basically, I just love that angle because I think I look the best at that angle because my butt looks huge. (laughs) Obviously, my favorite sex positions to film are going to be the sex positions that I think I look best in. And the sex positions that I enjoy filming aren't necessarily the sex positions that are going to make me come or the sex positions that I'm going to do in real life. But yeah, that's probably my favorite one. Bent over, grabbing my ankles. So another question I got about collabs was contracts. So a lot of people want to know the legalities behind creating content with other creators. And for me, I use a lawyer. um, And that's what I recommend to everyone. If you are creating content or working with somebody else, the step one is creating a contract. And hiring a lawyer is the easiest way to do that. Just so you are able to get everything laid out and everyone's needs are met and just basically so you have all of your bases covered so in the future you don't have any complications. So yes, contracts are not required for OnlyFans, but it's something that I highly recommend. So even though contracts are not required, consent forms are required. So if you're on OnlyFans or Pocketstars, or any of those platforms, email them and they'll typically give you like a, what do you call it? I think it's like a creator release form. And this is especially important if the person you're creating content with is not another creator on the platform. So that way you can prove they're 18, prove that they are willing to be in your content and just kind of give permission for you to be selling the content that they are in. So yes, contracts and all that good stuff is super important. Even though it's a amateur industry, we still need to maintain a professionalism because you don't want to break any laws. So the next question I got was, is outdoor content harder to film? Hmm. I want to say yes and no. Um, no, it's not harder to film because sometimes it seems easier to be creative. When you're outside or you're in a new environment, sometimes it's a lot easier to have those creative juices flowing and to be able to do new angles and poses and just new um, video ideas that you haven't been able to perform indoors. So in that aspect, I think outdoor content is easier because you're able to be more creative. But I do think it's harder because there's a lot of things you cannot control when you're filming outside. And the main thing is weather. So if it's windy or cold, it might be hard to film because 
the sound of the wind could really mess up your mics, especially if you're filming on an iPhone like I am. Their microphones are not really designed for picking up moans over the sound of wind. And then another thing you can't really control outside is lighting. So a lot of times I like to film my content during the golden hours, so in the morning or in the evening. And I like to film during that time because the lighting is so nice and it really helps you avoid those harsh shadows. But say you are filming a scene in the evening and that golden hour goes really fast and you're not done filming, then all of a sudden it's too dark to film and kind of your entire scene has been wasted. So those things that you cannot control do make filming outdoors a little bit more difficult. So I guess that's all I had for questions that had to do with collabs and what it's like to film boy and girl content. When I first started OnlyFans, I never imagined that 18 months into it, I'd be where I'm at today with a whole collection of videos in my catalog. But I am really thankful that it has grown to that because a lot of the content that I create with the male performer allows me to get more comfortable on camera so that way even my solo content has improved drastically with lighting angles and just me being comfortable in front of the camera so if you're someone out there who's looking to collab with someone my biggest suggestion to you is finding someone that you are comfortable with and being safe so whatever you need to do to protect yourself should be your number one priority and I really hope that this episode gave you a little bit more in-depth look into the sex behind sex work the good the bad and the little bit awkward so you guys have a good rest of your week and maybe next week on my next episode I will discuss what it's like to collaborate with girls because I have done a lot of girl-on-girl collaborations And I feel like those are entirely different than my guy on girl content. So if you want to hear that, reach out to me on Twitter. Let me know your questions on Instagram. And you guys have a good rest of the week.